This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening. Actually, for you, it's good afternoon. Um, a pleasure and an honor and a schuss to be speaking to Yisraeli HaTorah, Beis Jacob, Beis Yaakov High School in Belgium. Um, amazing, this um, organization that you put together, Proud to Connect, and especially for the next three weeks, for Shavuos, um, watch out, where the school has taken upon themselves for the next three weeks to Shavuos, that all the girls should not be watching any movies whatsoever on any of their technology, any of their machines. So I'm very proud of you. It's a very big uh, Kabbalah, specifically because a lot of you are learning um, with your computers, um, with your iPads, um, you're on Zoom, and then to ask you just to turn it off and not to watch anything else is a is a big request. But I think it's a very special request. And um, the, the you know, so so I mentioned this to some of the people that I deal with in Chinuch, and they said, well, you know, pretty much, you know, that after Shruis, uh they might be going back to their movies. And I said, so what's the use? I said, first of all. Um, one answer to that question is, in Pashat Yisro, in preparation for Kabbalah Satayra, which is exactly, I mean, tonight, in three weeks, is Erev Shavuos, it says the following, for Kabbalah Satayra, how did they, how did they, um, prepare? Va'ata, and now, im shamaya tishmu b'kaili, u'shemate v'risi, Hashem says, if you will listen to my voice, and you will keep my bris, v'yisim l'isigula, mikola amim, You'll be special to me. Um, you'll be my kingdom. Right? And you're going to be a holy nation. I'm about to give you the Torah. And what did Klai Yisrael answer? Like all you girls are answering, accepting this on yourself. They all answer together. Whatever Hashem wants, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Go to the nation. That's what you're all doing, girls. You're going to be holy today. And wash your clothing. Be prepared for the third day. We're preparing for the third week. In three weeks, and Christ will we're very holy, especially especially with more morality. To the men, don't go near the women. Don't go near the women. You have to be holy when um, when we get to Torah. So you girls are being macabre on yourself three weeks early to prepare yourself for Kabbalah Torah. But I have a different answer. A second answer on why this, what you're about to take on, is so important. Many of you who are watching, and, and this probably go up on Torah anytime after it's shown in Belgium to, to the school. So many of the people who are watching think that they are addicted. Now, addiction means that it's something that you think about all the time. And it's something you do over and over and over and over again. I spoke at our Pesach program a few years ago, or now it's Pesach program, and it was two days Yontif and one day Shabbos. 
And a lot of people, a lot of girls say to me, you know, Wallstein, I can't stop my phone, even on Shabbos. It's a, it's a challenge. I'm addicted. I have addiction. Hashem understands addiction, addiction, addiction. They throw the word addiction, addiction around. But I got up, um, say the three days, and I said, all those of you who think you're addicted to, um, technology, you just did three days. Two days, the other one day Shabbos. No technology, no news, no WhatsApp, nothing. You see, that you have the ability to go three days without watching a movie or being on your device. Being on your device. So, if you can go three weeks without without watching a movie or watching something you shouldn't be watching, then you will realize even if after the three weeks you go back to your movies and you relapse, you will always know and you will put into your psyche that you have the ability not to watch a movie for three weeks. And as long as you know your power, you know that inside of you, you have that ability not to watch, that will help you break the addiction. Because if you were addicted, you couldn't go three weeks without it. So the end of three weeks, it's sort of like the end of Svira, being able to still make a bracha after 49 days. That you, If the end of three weeks, you realize that you could do this, that will give you the energy and the and the koyach to grow and to go back. I'll, I'll tell you, Rabbi Wallstein. Okay, Rabbi Wallstein, many many years ago, used to go to the movies every Monday Shabbos. I'm going back a while. Used to go to the movies every Monday Shabbos. I loved the movies because it was an escape. I happened to like science fiction, and it was a lot of good science fiction, and it was escape. And I thought, I just have to go every Monday Shabbos. I also watch television at night. I also listened to non-Jewish music. Um, I also read a lot of non-Jewish books, mostly science fiction. But I did all these things. And I just rationalized that I can't. I, can't. I, I work so hard. I need to go to the movies. I need to. I need a break. I need to wind down. I come home. I want to watch some television for an hour, two hours. I love music. I'm a drummer. I didn't like Jewish music at that time, so... Um, very different than what than it is now, and I, so I, I, I need my music. Everything was to relax. I need it. I wish I do. I need my books to be able to curl up and read, you know, the trilogy by Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, and all this other stuff that I was reading. And I really didn't think I had the, the, the power to stop. Anyway, one day, for whatever reason, I decided that I'm not going to movies Matzi Shabbos anymore. It's a very hard decision because Matzi Shabbos in the winter. It's very, very long, and we would go out to eat, and we'd go out with another couple, we'd go out to eat, then we'd go to the movies. Not any movies that were rated R or anything like that, they were all PG or PG-13. Mysteries and army and combat and westerns and nothing that, you know, so that also helped me rationalize that I'm not really watching women and men or anything like that. So, when I made a decision, my decision was, I'm not doing it anymore, I was a Rebbe, and I just felt... I, I felt a, a contradiction within me, so I stopped. Now, my friends did not stop, and they made it very hard for me, because we used to always go out three couples together, and um, it was very, very hard for me not to go to the movies, and I asked them to do me a favor, and, you know, you guys, instead of doing Matzi Shabbos, let's just go out to eat Matzi Shabbos, maybe go to a comedy club, but but go out Sunday night, you know? And nope. No, they wouldn't. And because they, it's easier to take the other person down than for you to grow. So they, they used to call me, oh, this is a great movie, come on. You, you know, you're going to watch movies anyway in a few months. You're going to break this thing, and then we're going to miss this. And 
I didn't ever watch a movie again. It's about 30 years, I would say. About 30 years. I never watched a movie again. Um, and then, of course, two years later, they didn't go to movies either. Because if you set an example and you hold on to it, and people see you have the strength, then it, it makes them feel guilty that they also have to have the strength. But I want to tell you girls what it did for me. It was an addiction, if you want to call it an addiction. It was something I did that I didn't think I could stop. And I really wanted to stop watching television at night because I really wanted to learn those two hours. But I, I just, the shows that I used to watch, I, I, I loved those shows and I, I, I needed them to wind down. But I said to myself, one second, Wallenstein, you have the strength not to go to the movies and you always went to the movies for 30, 20, 30 years, whatever it was, you went to the movies. But you know what, if I have that strength, maybe I, have, I could use that strength and I could stop watching TV. Okay, I'm going to try I haven't watched TV in 30, 31, 32 years. Because realizing that I had the strength to stop the movies, that gave me the strength to stop watching television. And then I said, even though I love these science fiction books, but wouldn't it be better if next to my bed at night I would read stories about Gedolim, maybe some other stuff. I was like, come on, you don't go to movies, you don't watch television, don't make yourself crazy. I'll try. I haven't read an English book in probably the same amount of years. And then the hardest thing for me was to stop listening to Goyish music. I'm a drummer. I played it. I enjoyed it. It relaxed me. And I didn't find anything in Jewish music that I really liked at that point. And I said, listen, Wallerstein, you stop movies, you stop television, you stop reading non-Jewish books. Come on, you can do this. I don't listen. To, I haven't listened to God. Like, forget it. So, so what happens? What happens is that when you see your inner strength on one thing, it gives you the power to get inner strength to see who you are and how strong you are. To do other things. So if you stop watching movies now for the next three weeks, you, you can deny it all you want, but you didn't watch movies for three weeks, you have an inner strength to stop watching movies, which will give you the inner strength to stop watching TV, to stop listening to Goshen music, whatever, wherever it's going to lead you. But it gives you that look, that gives you that third eye, it gives you that inner strength to be able to stop other things. And I know guys who drank and smoked who even smoked marijuana, I know guys like that, and and we just have to get them to stop doing one thing, like, okay, you, you know, you give up your give up your drinking, you know, and then they give up their drinking, and then they're like, well, well, that wasn't good for me, and I, I really needed it every Shabbos, and I needed, and I was going to all my friends to drink, you know what, maybe I could stop giving up marijuana, because it's really not good for me, I give up the marijuana, and before you knew it, they gave up the drinking, which gave them the strength to give up the marijuana, which gave them the strength to give up the cigarettes in the end. So, this, what they're, what your school is coming up with is amazing. Because what they're showing you, what's three weeks, right? What's three weeks? Big deal. What they're showing each one of you girls, if you have the koyach to do this for three weeks, then you're going to have the koyach to do this for 300 years. Whatever you need. And once you do this, they'll give you the koyach to do other things. So I am very for um, this project, and that's why I'm speaking about it. Very, 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 very for the project. Now let's talk specifically... Um, let's talk specifically about movies. What is wrong, Wallstein, if I watch movies? Of course, if you're watching movies with boys and girls, 
that are immoral movies. You don't need Rebbe Wallstein to give you a speech on that. It's connected to Torah, it's connected to everything, it's not healthy for you. What they portray in movies is not true. So then you expect your life to be like that. You know, that the prince always saves the princess, and the person who's sick always gets healthy. And you have these crazy expectations. But it's not real, I'll tell you, it's very funny, girls. I, I was giving a class the other day, and I said, does anyone know the proof of Tchiyas HaMesim? Anybody ever see Tchiyas HaMesim? Anybody who's watching right now? Did you ever see Tchiyas HaMesim? The answer is absolutely not. But in the movies, you have an actress, a very famous movie, and in the end, she had cancer, and she was very in love, and the whole love story, and all the girls are crying, and their mom is crying their eyes out. It's a good cry movie, and everyone's crying in the movie theater. Oh my gosh, tissues, the guy, they're going through boxes of tissues. In the end of the movie, she dies in his arms. Very sad. Before they turn the lights on, you hear all the girls are crying. And then two weeks later, she's Superwoman flying through the sky. Or she did another movie, another cry, or, or I don't know, in some mystery movie, whatever it is. One second, you just died. I, I, was, I was just crying, you, you died. Three weeks ago, you died. How are you in another movie? And ten years later, another movie, and five years later. How'd that happen? The answer is, it must be Tchisa Mason. The answer is, girls, it's bluff. It's fake. She's an actress. What does that mean, actress? It means you're acting out something you're not. He's an actor. It's all fake. If you ever saw the set, all the mountains, it's not mountains, it's a painting behind them. It's bluff. It's total bluff you're watching and you're crying for no reason. Imagine if you cried for someone who was really sick in Klai Yisrael. Those tears can bring her a full shalem and here you're crying over someone who's an actress who walks off the stage. She's not dead. She walks off the stage. She goes home to her Hollywood house worth $20 million. And you, you fool, you're sitting there crying over something that didn't even happen. I remember a long time ago, there was this kid. It was in the New York Post. I'm going way back. So at that time, Superman was very big, whatever it was. And he jumped off a building because he thought he could fly. Hello, it's not real. You can't fly. Don't be jumping off no building. So what are you doing? You're wasting your time. You're watching something that is not real. Not only it's not real, it doesn't do anything for you. I want to tell you two stories. Two stories. So we call it like a, it's like a mirage. It's a hallucination. It's, it's called in Hebrew, it's called dimyo, and it's not real. It's not real. It's called dimyon. Right? How do you know it's not real? Because when you turn on the lights in the movie, everyone starts screaming. Why are you screaming? I want to see the movie, so I'm turning on the light. No! A movie you can only watch in the dark, girls! Because in the dark, they can show you things that are not real. Once you turn on the light, it's over. The movie's over. I'll tell you a very sad story. In America... Uh, this must be going back about 15 years ago. There was a Batman movie. I think it was called The Dark Something. Dark Something, whatever. It was a Batman movie. It, just, it was just coming out, and it was like the biggest movie in America at the time. And everybody wanted to get to the movie theaters early, so they were showing it. I forgot the name of the state that it was in, the city that it was in. It was showing it in some states earlier than others. Anyway... Batman's on the screen. It's a movie theater. It's, it's, it's a famous story. Just not remembering the the, pratum, the the details. So Batman's on the screen. They're all watching. It's in the middle of the movie. This guy gets up out of his seat in the front, turns around, has a, has a gun. 
and start shooting all the people in the movie theater. And it was interesting because Time Magazine had a very interesting that these, the, the guys that were sitting in the front, they actually jumped on their girlfriends to protect them. It was like three guys died. You can look it up. Three guys died because they got shot protecting their girlfriends from being shot. And then they arrested this guy um, and whatever. He killed a bunch of people. A lot of people got killed. It was a massacre. Killed a lot of people. So I remember giving a shear the, the next day when this thing came out and I'm like, after that, why would anyone ever go to a movie again? One second. The guy's got a gun. You're watching Batman because Batman is like, saves everybody, right? The guy gets up, he's got a gun. He's about to shoot everyone. Why didn't Batman shoot him? Because when he turned his back on the, on the, on the screen, Batman could have shot him in the back. So, you're watching a guy because you believe he's a, he's a superhero and he could save people. So, here's his chance. Right? So, if you tell it to someone, they would say, Ray Wallstein, is something wrong with you? Batman's not real. He can't shoot anybody. Oh, Batman's not real? He can't shoot anybody? So why are you watching him? The whole thing's a bluff. Here was his chance to save some people in a movie theater. And he couldn't even do that. Why would anyone after that go watch Batman? He's worthless. He couldn't even save the guy with his back turned to him. He could have shot him in the back. So the whole thing is ridiculous. It's fake. It's a mirage. It's a hallucination. It's not real. So you're crying and you're having all these emotions. Watching something that's not real while the thing that is real is time. That a person has time. Time is life. And you're just wasting your time. So you're wasting your life. So the two stories, that story was not one of the ones I wanted to tell you. The two stories go like this. So why shouldn't I watch a movie outside of wasting time? And a lot of the movies that you girls are watching are not kosher. And they have interaction between men and women, and they're not sneers. So, I love this story. There's a young couple, and they get married, and they're in an apartment building across from another apartment building, and they're having breakfast. Now, in the old days, girls, they didn't have, even after they had washing machines, they didn't have dryers. So they used to take out what's called a clothesline, and it's like a string, and they would they would have clothes pins, and they would put their clothing on the clothes pin, and it would dry in the sun. And when it would dry in the sun, you didn't need to have you didn't need to have a dryer. So you have this young couple sitting at their kitchen table, looking out the window, and they see this lady, this older lady, putting her on the string, putting her her, her underwear, whatever she was putting her sheets and towels, and and to dry. And they're like, that is so weird. The clothing that she's putting out to dry is dirty. Like, why would you put out your dirty laundry, so to say? You never put your dirty laundry out? Why would you put a dirty laundry out to dry? Okay, maybe she made a mistake. I don't know. Next day, white towel, all the towels, everything, dirty. They're like, you know what? This lady probably is so poor that she doesn't have money for bleach and she doesn't have money for detergent. We have... We have Meister money from our wedding. Let's go buy her. So they go to the store. They buy her a big box of Tide, a bottle of Clorox to give her to clean her clothing. They go upstairs. They see what room she, what apartment she's in. They knock on the door. Lady comes to the door and she says, hi, how can I help you? I said, listen, we realize you probably don't have the money. So we have money from our tzedakah, Meister money. So we bought you. 
a big bottle of Clorox and a big box of Tide detergent. She looks at them, huh? That's what you bought me? Like, why'd you buy that for me? No, they weren't insulted that you bring out dirty laundry. No, I just thought maybe you need. She goes, I got, look what I got. She picks up this big bottle of Clorox and this big box of Tide. I don't need your stuff. I have my own. They're like, oh, okay, sorry. We go home and they're like, what? what's going on here? They can't figure it out. Okay. Next day, they're sitting eating breakfast and her dirty, her dirty laundry's out again. They're like, this is like, what's wrong with her? She has the stuff. She's not even using it. Something wrong with her. And the wife says, you know, it's really getting warm. It's already springtime. Um, Chaim, I'm just going to open the window. we got to get a breeze in here. He goes, sure, open the window. She flips open the window. He's like, oh my gosh. Her laundry just, just turned white. She goes, how could that be? Like, what's the magic? He goes, hold on. Put the window back down again. Puts the window back down. Oh, it got dirty again. Miriam, it's not her laundry that's dirty. It's our window that's dirty. Oh my gosh. Of course, they clean the windows, they windex them, and every day, the laundry is very clean because the window was dirty. Rabbi Wallerstein, why are you telling us this story? The window to a person's neshama is their eyes. Whatever goes in your eyes goes into your soul. That's why we even have the whole thing of Shmiras and Ayim. Whatever goes into your eyes goes into your soul. So, a lot of girls call me like, Rabbi Wallerstein, I daven. I don't think Hashem's listening. I don't have a connection with Hashem. I feel very disconnected. Yeah, because the windows to your soul are dirty because you looked at things you weren't supposed to so the eyes which is the window to your soul is dirty so all the Torah and Tefillah and holiness that comes in through your eyes when you're learning when you're davening it comes in dirty because your eyes are dirty so for the next three weeks we're going to clean those windows by not watching the things that we shouldn't be watching by not watching movies and you will see now, when you stop watching movies and you stop using your phone for things you shouldn't, you will see that your connection with Hashem will get a lot better. I guarantee you that in three weeks, you'll call me or send me an email and say, you know what? You were 100% right. But as long as you watch the schmutz, your eyes are full of schmutz. If your eyes are full of schmutz, whatever schmutz is dirt, whatever comes through your eyes and ends up in your soul is also full of schmutz. So, now you have a chance, Mitzvah Hashem, for the next three weeks, to get rid of that schmutz. So I think this plan is an amazing plan. There's another story I want to tell you, because this is called Dimion. The whole, the whole movie thing is, is not real. The actors are not real. The set that they're on is not real. There's nothing that's really real. It's a whole fake world. The Satan's power is to create what's called Dimyon, which is a fake world. So the whole Hollywood, that whole world, that whole California Hollywood world, is, it's all about how fake could it be? You know, it's, I, I, I talked a lot about, um, about the real things in the world that Hashem created. One of the things that helps people out of depression 
is to sit and watch a, um, a sunrise. Because, and I, and I took a bunch of girls once early, early in the morning to the ocean. Um, we were on a, a, I don't know if it was Hanukkah exactly when it was, and we were on a Shabbaton and, and, uh, by the ocean. And we all got up at like 5.30 in the morning. We went outside, it was dark. And we watched the world become light. We watched the sunrise. Vasikin, Vasikin is so powerful. Sunrise is so powerful because it's when the darkness goes away and the light begins to shine. It's a very Kaddishtika moment. I'm very into that. So I said that if you're ever depressed, sit and watch the sunrise and it'll just give you like, you, you see that from darkness comes light and it's just very beautiful to watch. The sky gets a little pink and it's a little red and a little orange and then the sun comes up. It's like... It gives a lot of physic. Um, so, I was talking about it, and um, it's a very, very beautiful zayar, very beautiful medrash. Um, most people don't know this medrash. So there's a there's a, a mizmar in, in Tehillim called Mizmar Shiliyom HaShabbos. It's a mizmar that we say on Shabbos. It's a song, and it's brought down in the Gemara that Mizmar Shiliyom HaShabbos is the song we will sing when Moshiach comes. Now, it's for Shabbos. Why is it connected to Mashiach? I'll explain to you. Very beautiful Zayar. The Zayar says that, I think it's also Medjish Rabbah, that when Adam, when did Adam sin that he ate from the Eitz and Das? It was Mamish right before Shabbos. Like, Ben Hashemashos, before Shabbos, if he would have waited till Shabbos, Hashem would have let them eat from the Eitz and Das. But like a minute before Shabbos, they ate from the Eitz Hadas. So the minute he ate from the Eitz Hadas, the sky started to darken because it was turning night. Now remember, this was the sixth day. Adam was created on the sixth day, so he never saw a night. This was his first night. But the first night he saw girls, the first night he saw was the night after he ate from the Eitz Hadas. So when the whole world started getting dark, he thought that the Avera he did is destroying the world. The whole world's getting dark. And then, when it got really dark, he couldn't see anything anymore. He didn't even know if the world was around anymore. And a whole night, he says, he cried and did tshuva. Hashem, I destroyed your world. I can't believe I destroyed your world. Look what I did. And he didn't know what night was. And then, the sun started coming up. Shabbos morning. It was Shabbos morning. sun started coming up, and he saw the grass and the trees and the animals and everything. He said, hold on. Hashem was Makabal Machuva. Look, the world is back. And he sang with Mashiach Mashavas. So the Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, and we're coming out of Gullus, and we're coming out of all this darkness, what better song to sing than Ms. Mashiach Mashavas? Because it's the first morning, the first light, the first sun, the first special light that's going to come out of Shemayim that we haven't seen yet, and therefore we're going to sing with Mashiach Mashavas. So he thought that he destroyed the world. So sunrise has a crazy strength to give you chizuk. Okay. So I told this to the girls. I don't know where I was. I was speaking to a high school. And I told it to them. I said, how many girls could raise their hand that they've ever seen the sunrise? Ever. Ever. Camp. Trip. I don't care what. Few girls raised their hand. One girl said, Wallstein, I watch sunrise every single day. I was like, You go out of your house, like you go, like, first of all, in the summer, sunrise is like 5 15, 5 20. 
every day. She goes, no, 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 I don't have to go out of my house to see sunrise. I'm like, wow, were you on the ocean? She goes, no, I see it on my screensaver. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I see it on my screensaver. That's my screensaver, sunrise. I'm like, that's not sunrise. You know how I know it's not sunrise? Because right in the middle of that, if I pull the plug, it becomes dark again. It's not real, it's man-made. It's fake. If it's man-made, it's fake. How do you know, girls, if it's man-made, it's fake? Because you can't shut off anything that Hashem created. In other words, if you have a, a leaf outside or a, a blade of grass and you look at it and you go like, okay, I'm turning you off now, you can't. A person, I'd like to turn off some people, just turn them off, but I can't. So anything Hashem created, it can be destroyed if that's what he wants, you can burn something, but even if you burn something, there's something left of it. You burn paper, so you burn a leaf, there's something left, there's ashes. You can't make something into nothing. But anything that's man-made, you could turn off. If you could turn it off, it's not, it's not from Hashem. So you could be watching a movie and the power goes out, movie's off. You could have your iPhone, the battery dies, it's off. You don't have any contacts, you don't have any way to communicate, your battery's dead. But a tree's battery is never dead, and a, and, and a tomato's plant is never dead, and a blade of grass is never dead, and a cloud is never dead, and lightning and thunder is never dead. You can't unplug anything that Hashem created. You can't unplug water. You can drink it. You can't unplug it. So everything that's man-made is fake. It's all fake. It's a world of fake. And the 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 Hashem said, I'll never destroy my world again, but the Satan is trying to take us from the real world and bring us into the fake world. And that's where you are. And if you want to do Kabbalah Satira, which is really very real, which is untruest, what better time to separate from, those days they separate three days, but here you're separating three weeks from this fake world. I mean, even if you look at what the Goyim wrote, you know, in their, in their devices, right? So what's a phone called? It's called a cell phone. What's a cell? Why do you call it a cell phone? What's a cell? A cell is where you put prisoners. Where you put people who do bad things, you lock them up in a cell. Person, so they named it cell phone because they understand that if you have a phone, you're locked up in a cell. They call it the web. What does the web do? The web catches things that are flying around that don't see the web. So the web also catches us. And the spider is very mean. It's a very vicious insect. It, um, it doesn't kill the fly right away. It goes, takes some blood out of the fly till it's almost dead, then it leaves it alone, it regurgitates the blood, then it does it again, till the fly can't handle it. It's the same thing with the satan. Yeah, I watch a movie, I only watch clean movies, and there's not so clean movies, and he's got you going, and then all of a sudden you get an email from a guy. It, it's, it's a web. And um, what else do they call it? The net. The internet. What's a net? A net is a thing that catches fish and butterflies, and things that don't want to get caught. All these things are... are are demoralizing negative words. And then something that's really fascinating, if you look at your keyboard, it says enter, but it doesn't say exit. There's no exit button on your keyboard. It says ESCP, escape. The opposite of enter, girls, is exit. It doesn't say exit, it says escape, because it knows whoever wrote that. I don't know who wrote the keyboard. Whoever wrote the keyboard knows, knows that once you're in... You can't exit. Maybe you'll be able to escape, but you definitely can't exit. And then there's something else. And I think 
very in a very deep thought in a deep manner. There's a button called delete. You can delete, even though you really can't, because somewhere it is somewhere, and that's and that's a, a very important lesson. I never really spoke about this, but I was thinking about the keyboard, and it says the word delete. So you type something in, and you don't like what you wrote or whatever it is. You can just hit a button, and it's gone. It's not really gone. You're texting a boy, whatever's going on between the two of you, and then Instagram, whatever, you're able to get rid of it right away. So you have in your head that I could do bad stuff, and without doing tshuva, I just hit a button and delete. The satan is putting in your head that I could do stuff, and no one's going to ever find out, no one's ever going to know about it, because guess what? There's a button on that keyboard where it says the word escape, that says the word delete. So I could just delete what I wrote. But the Musa Haskell is, you think you can delete, you think you can do stuff, and you don't have to do tshuva, you could just hit a button and delete. But really, anyone who knows anything about the internet knows that even if you delete the picture or whatever you sent, somewhere on a server, the FBI can pick up and find out what you wrote. Because once you write it, even though you delete it on your computer, when you send it, it's on a server somewhere. So the Musa Haskell is, now when a person does an Aveyor, when a person does something wrong, even if you just hit the button delete, it's still there. It's not there in front of your face, but it's still there. You have to do tshuva. Tshuva has a bigger kayak than just deleting. Tshuva turns the Aveyor that you did into a mitzvah. So it's way above tshuva me'ava, is way above deleting. Because deleting, you're just making it disappear, but it's not really disappearing. But because of tshuva me'ava, it says, becomes a mitzvah. There's no button on your computer that could take something you wrote wrong, or said wrong, or looked wrong, and turn it into something good. You could just get rid of it, but you're not really getting rid of it. So the whole thing is dimya. It's fake. It's a hallucination. It's a mirage. Why would you want to live in that world? People ask me, like, Rabbi Walstein, you have a high school, Baruch Hashem, two seminaries, a family, a business, a residential treatment center. You give shiurim, like, where do you find the time for all this? And the answer is, many years ago, Hashem gave me the kayak to give up movies, which gave me the kayak to give up television, which gave me the strength to give up my... English books, which gave me the strength to give up rock and roll, and I'm not on the internet, I don't own a computer, this is my phone, everybody, it's just a flip phone, you can't get a movie, you can't get any any visual whatsoever, so I tell people that, you want to have a lot of time to do good things, don't spend your time on anything else, I don't do anything else, I don't have movies and all this other stuff. I don't do anything else. I have plenty of time to do the good stuff that I do. Mitzvah Hashem. Hashem should give me the kayak. Hashem should give me the time. You'll find out when you give up your movies that all of a sudden you have a lot of time and you're bored. Well, Austin, I'm bored. Yeah, you are bored. So you know what? Use that time to do give it of aim. Use that time your high school girls. Go tour some first grader or second grader. Go to a nursing home and visit some old person. 
And if you can't go anywhere because of COVID, I don't know the English rules, so tutor someone online. I deal with girls, teenage girls and older, that are going through depression, anxiety, eating disorders, suicidal thoughts. Most of it comes from low self-esteem. When you have low self-esteem, you don't have friends. You don't have friends, you don't think much of yourself. You're very uncomfortable in this world. Now, by girls specifically, there are two very important things growing up. Starting probably about age nine. School is very important to girls, how you do on your schoolwork. But more important than schoolwork is your social life, your friends. I know girls that are superstars in school, valedictorians, but they have no friends. They're depressed and miserable. I know girls that are socially amazing. Everyone wants to be their friend. And they don't do well in school. And they're doing very well. So social, being sociable and doing well in school, you're a superstar. Having no friends, having a dysfunctional social life, and not doing well in school, yeah, you're going to end up in a rehab somewhere. So all the girls that are watching, and now you have time because you're not watching movies, there's a first grader or a second grader or a third grader that has learning disabilities and their parents don't have money to pay a tutor. Or they're not doing well socially. They're introverts or whatever the situation is. I have been in Chinuch for 43 years. I can tell every girl that's watching that if a first grader or a second grader or a third grader, if you mentor one of them, Outside that you're helping them with their schoolwork so they're going to do well, which will help them with their self-esteem, even more important than that, if they have a friend that's in high school and they're a little girl, it's like a badge of courage. It's like they walk into class and like, hey, you know who was in my house last night? Miriam. And Miriam, 17, she goes to high school. Yeah, I have such an older friend. And she took me for pizza well, she took me to the park. And like the other kids are like, really? You have a 17-year-old friend? A 15-year-old friend? And also this girl who had no friends, like everyone who wants to be her friend. You mamish can save the flushes. You can save other kids. So don't be bored. Use the hours that you used to use on the phone. Use it to help others. So I want to end... I want to end with a story to help you understand what is real and what is not real. You know, they have a new thing in America, I don't know if they have it by you, called TikTok. I found it very interesting that they call it TikTok because TikTok is what, how you learn about, about time. TikTok, TikTok, right? Um, mitzvah clock, right? TikTok. So everything that they've created is to kill time. So even this thing that they call TikTok has to do with time. Everything has to do with time. Anyway, so I want to end with um, a story about a mirage and uh, to give you girls an insight. I'm very proud. Where was Makabal? You know, I, I dealt with Yisadei Torah with the boys and they were Makabal to get rid of their phones um, and to other things and we went on trips and it was amazing and I was wondering why, like, uh, there's nothing for the girls. I am so happy that um, this school took on the next few weeks not to have any more movies. Whoever does this, I, 
That's amazing. It would be just amazing to know that you have that power and also to come into Shavuos, be able to Hashem say, Hashem, my eyes are clean. My eyes are clean. Bring me this Kedusha that we're going through my eyes. We're going, you know, we're, we're, the eyes are the highest thing in your head. The highest organ in your head is your eyes. There are five, and the Zara talks about that your head till your neck is Shemayim and your shoulders and below is called Aretz. How do you know that? Because Shemayim takes things in and Aretz gives things out. Tatshe says, oh, there it says in the Torah, so a person goes to the bathroom, everything from the bot, from the shoulders down leaves his body. From, from his head up actually goes into his body. So the highest of the five senses in your head is your eyes. Your eyes are, your eyes are called the, the seventh Rikia, he calls it the Zaya. Seventh Rikia of Shemayim. It's the highest organ in your eyes, and underneath that is your ears, underneath that is your nose, underneath that is your mouth. Your mouth is we call the bridge, because your mouth takes things in, right? So it's um, it's Shemayim, but it also gives things out, words. It takes in food and gives out words. So it's Shemayim Va'aretz. So your mouth is where Shemayim and Aretz meet. But the, the highest part of your Shemayim, the Kisar Kavad, is your eyes. And you got to keep that clean. If you keep that clean, you're a Kadash. So I want to tell you a, cute story, a very fast story. We'll end with this. So there were these two Israeli soldiers who got separated from their group. They were chasing terrorists in the Judean desert. I don't know if you've ever been in the Judean desert. I had been there in the winter. It's hot. In the summer, it's 140 degrees in the shade. It's crazy hot. And no one goes there, but they were chasing these terrorists. And these two Israeli soldiers got caught on top of a sand dune. Um... And they got separated from the rest of the army, and they stood on top of the sand room trying, maybe that a helicopter would see them and save them. Anyway, they were there for two days. Their canteens were empty. It was, the sun was beating down on their heads, and one of them became very sick. The other one also became sick, but one came very, very sick, and he started to hallucinate. Before you die from thirst, he started to hallucinate in getting a fever in the, in the desert. And he looks down from the sand room, and he sees a lake. And he starts telling his friend, oh my God, Shem made a miracle. There's a lake. Come, we have to go down. And he starts pulling his friend. His friend looks down, there's no lake. It's a mirage, it's a hallucination. It's sand. And he realizes if we pull down, if, if we, he pulls me down, then helicopters won't see us at the bottom of the sand. And we got to stay here. He doesn't know what to do. The guy's very strong. He's like, he's dying. He's, he's crazy. So he says to his friend, okay, okay, okay. You don't have to pull me. I'll go with you. But on one condition. So what's the condition? He says, look down at your lake, your lake. It's burning sun, it's blue skies. So you know that water, right? If you, if you look in water, you would see the sun and the, in the reflection, you would see the sun and the blue sky. So if you see the sun and the blue sky in your water, I'm coming down with you, because it's real water. But if you don't, then it's sand, because sand doesn't reflect. So this guy's sick, he looks down, he goes that's so weird I'm looking down, I see water but I'm looking in the water and it's just water there's no sky there's no sun he says that's right, you know why? because you're sick and you're hallucinating and it's a mirage there's nothing there, and if we go down we're going to die just stay with me for another 10 minutes and then I'll go down with you And the, anyway, to make a long story short I read this in the Jerusalem Post, it was in the Ma'ariv but it was translated and Mama's helicopter five minutes later came and they saved them took him to the hospital and when he got better he wrote in the Ma'ariv which was translated into Jerusalem Post how brilliant his friend was with the story of the reflection
saved his life. I read this many, many years ago. I said to myself, wow. Because I talk about rational, rationalizing. People always rationalize. And I said, if you want to know if what you're about to do is the right thing, because sometimes you really don't know, if you see the reflection of Hashem in it, then it's real. It's water. It's real. If you don't see the reflection of Hashem in it, it's a mirage. It's not real. So, many of the girls that are watching are like, I'm watching, you don't know me, I'm different, I can watch it, it doesn't affect me, it has no effect on me, it's just, just uh, I'm just, I relax, and, and, and I, okay girls, let's take a look. Does Hashem, Kodesh Baruch Hu, God, want us to watch movies? To waste our time with things that are not real. This precious and beautiful and amazing time Life is time. Without time, there's no life. You could stop breathing for two minutes, you could live. You could stop eating for two minutes, you could live. You could stop drinking for two minutes, you could live. You could not be loved and still live. You could be an atheist and you could still live. But once you have no more time, you cannot live another second. So the most precious thing when you wake up in the morning, one thing with the Nebuchadnezzar, the Chamat is that, you, that I woke up this morning, which means that in your world, being that there's nothing that's extra, the Gemara says not even the blade of grass is extra. So if I woke up this morning, I am not extra, I am needed. You think you're needed to watch a movie? That's why you woke up this morning, girls? Hashem needs you to watch a movie? For sure not. He needs you to make a little girl happy, or maybe make an old lady happy, or do kibbutz of aim, or say baruch to Hashem, and make a bracha and do a mitzvah 100%. But not to watch a movie, because the movie's false, and it's fake. So, you have to think next time before you put on your device and you want to watch a movie. In this movie, is this what Hashem wants me to do? Is this what He wants me to do right now? If the answer is no, all your other reasoning goes out the door. If the answer is no, there's no reflection of God in what you're about to do. And if there's no reflection of God in what you do, what to do, then it is a mirage and it's a hallucination. And who's the king of hallucination and mirages? The Satan. Satan lives in the movies. The Satan lives in a world that's not real. That's his world. And by watching movies, you're buying into his world. And you're letting that affect you. So I want to thank everyone for taking on this amazing thing, this contest. And I know they want to reward you, but the biggest reward is that you yourself know I have the inner strength to say no. Girls, what's the one thing a slave, the one... In America, they teach us that freedom, like Nike, is just do it. Freedom is to say, yes, I can do anything I want. Actually, freedom is the ability to say no. How do you know that? The one word a slave cannot say is no. Master says something, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, yes, yes. The minute he says no, they beat him, they hang him. A slave can never say no. Only a free person can say no. Well, now you all have a chance to become free. You have a chance to say no to your devices. And that will give you the freedom that you need. I want to give you a bracha that by showing Hashem how precious and valuable time is, how you're showing Him that, by not wasting something precious that Hashem gave you, He should reward you and your families, and your teachers, a lot of that.
a lot of time. Arichas Yamim Vishanim, we should all come to Kabbalah Satira, the Kedusha Vitahara. Thank you for listening. Hatzlacha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.